mean, you've been putting in work for so long. Putting in a lot of work. What is going on, guys? Welcome back to Putting in Work. This is episode 120 of the interview podcast on the 8-Bit Network. I'm your host, John O'Peck. We are powered by Audio-Technica, and I'm excited to talk about a new podcast or a future podcast. We've just revealed the trailer for Comedy Rewind, which is a rewatch series. We're going to look at some classic 90s comedies, see how they hold up in the 2018 environment. That's going to be a whole lot of fun, collaborating with other podcasters and other people in the 8-Bit Collective But we need your help as far as the Patreon goes. It's a stretch goal. If we can hit $250 a month, we will get there. So if that sounds up your alley, you can head over to patreon.com slash weare8bit. Chip in a little bit of cash to make it happen. Even if we just hit it for one month, it's going to happen. So I'm excited for that to go down in the future. But for now, this is putting in work. And we have Alex Knight, an Aussie in Japan, He's on the show to talk about his photography. It's really taken off since he's moved over to Tokyo, photographing those fascinating streetscapes with their neon lights and really capturing the vibe of that city. He's also a designer of UX and UI, so he's working on websites, social media. We talked a bit about the crossover between design and photography. We talked about building his Patreon, getting a bit of a following for his photography over there in Japan, and some of the philosophies and rules behind both photography and user interface design. Really cool stuff and a great insight from a real professional in his field. So that's what you got to look forward to. Here he is. It's Alex Knight. Enjoy the show. Alex, thank you for joining me. It's nice to meet you. We've been following each other for a while on Twitter, but it's good to have a conversation. Yeah, cheers, man. Thanks for having me. That's all right. So I have been a fan of your artwork or your photography, I guess, since I've stumbled across you on Twitter. I think we've got a few mutual people from that kind of video games community, but the uh, I guess it's the combination of the cool Japanese streetscapes and the neon lights that seem to probably catch a lot of people's eye. Is that kind of a style that you've developed while you've been over in Japan or is that something you've always kind of thought was pretty cool? Um, I've always been a fan of um, like sci-fi or cyberpunk, that kind of thing. Hmm. And since moving here, having the ability to shoot in the streets here has just sort of really taken off and defined the style that I started shooting um, a couple of years ago. Is that really just how it looks over there or is there a fair bit of work as far as saturating colors and that? Sure, yeah. Um, it's definitely not exactly how it looks. I, I do do a lot of work um, in post to, to get the right effect. But with that said, it's still quite wild. Um, the lights and the colours are really crazy and all the streets are so lit up with neons, it's it's pretty wild to see. It's probably not as blue as I make it out. <laughs> um, I definitely sort of edit towards blue and pinkish colours, but it's probably more orange and a bit more natural, I guess, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. It's definitely got that kind of pink and, and blue combination in a lot of picks, which I guess, yeah, does give it that kind of sci-fi look. It's really cool. Um, mm. So I guess to, to backtrack from where you're at now, what was your introduction to photography and I guess how did you end up over in Japan? I studied a bit of photography in school, but never as a, a really serious thing, but I've always had a bit of an interest in it. And as a designer... Um, obviously always doing creative things. Photography was sort of one of those that was always hanging around and and fun to do. But uh, I didn't really get serious about it until I moved to Japan and um, bought a new camera, which sort of sparked my interest a bit more to get out and and actually explore more and and take more photos. And from there, yeah, definitely just really got addicted to it and, and started going out every night and every weekend. 
trying to find new places and, and take photos of new things. So um, I guess that's where the real, that was only probably three or four years ago, maybe. So yeah, I guess that's where it really started. So yeah, I moved to Japan four years ago and uh, just decided I needed a change um, and the timing was right. So I packed up my stuff, sold my company back home, uh, saved up a bit of money and just moved over here on a working holiday um, without a job. <laughs> And then sort of spent the first six months just trying to find a job and, and work out how I can stay in the country for longer, which was pretty lucky. I, I was just about out of money, actually, and working out how I was going to pay to get myself back to Australia. Um, and then I landed a new job, which, which allowed me to stay and gave me a visa and everything. So it was, it was quite, quite scary for a little while there. So where were you living before you moved? Like which part of Australia were you in? Um, so I'd be uh, I'm from Bendigo, but I was living in Melbourne for... For probably five six years before I came to Japan okay um, so I moved up there just after school and then stayed there for a while and started a business so after living in kind of regional Victoria and, and moving around a bit here probably the idea of being able to photograph a place like Japan must have been pretty exciting when you first arrived there is Japan and its kind of culture and architecture something that had inspired you to go over there absolutely um, so actually the reason I I ended up moving here was I'd just come back from a trip um, and I've visited a few times before I actually moved here but um, as growing up like anime and, and games and things were always a big part of my life so hmm. it was actually Japan was the first place I ever went overseas because it was the only thing I really wanted to see before I got the travel bug properly and yeah it was just as amazing as I thought it would be when I got here so it's it's always been a big inspiration for me and, and any of the work I do is definitely always been a place that I've wanted to live and, and explore more. Yeah, that's cool. So as far as the photography goes, uh, like I mentioned, you've been taking some really cool streetscapes and that kind of thing, but when did you see it actually take off and become this thing that people were supporting and really positively giving you feedback about? Yeah, um, I think to start, it was sort of a bit of an organic thing, really. I just started sharing more focused content on sure. Instagram um, it sort of just started to, to turn into from like a personal account into a more uh, focused on the the professional photography or the you know more curated content, and that's when I think I started seeing uh, people weren't just following me because they like my selfies and you know photos of my travels and stuff like that, but actually following for the for the types of photos I was taking. And yeah, just over time, it sort of organically grew, um, and through like a few features and things like that, started to get picked up and that sort of boosted the following a fair bit. And also just generally meeting a lot of people in the community here. It's actually, there's quite a, a good photography community here. Um, everyone's quite uh, working together and, you know, always chatting and, and hanging out and yeah. things like that. So that sort of played a big part in just getting to know everyone and, and meeting, you know, like sharing content between those accounts and those sort of things. So I think that's where it really started to take off. And yeah, since then, it's just sort of slowly been growing and started doing things like Patreon as well, just to get a few extra dollars to, to go towards um, any projects and things like that, just to pay for any expenses that I've got. Um, it's not a huge amount of money, but it definitely helps just, you know, pay a few bills and things like that related to, to the photography. So is it right that you haven't got any kind of formal photography background? It's just something you've kind of started as a hobby and, and developed that skill yourself? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So it must be pretty cool to come from that background and see people really dig what you're doing and 
get enthusiastic enough about it that they want to financially support you with something like Patreon. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's quite it's blowing my mind a bit actually. Um, <laughs> it I, I just didn't think you know that it would be like this um, or be something that I'd be doing, but. Um, yeah, it's just been an amazing learning experience too, like getting to hang out with all these people, um, meet all these photographers who, who help me um, improve my skills and that sort of thing. And mm. and then just, yeah, uh, people supporting me and helping me push, uh, allow me to make new stuff and, and spend more time on it, which is just crazy. Sure. And we were talking a bit before about your particular style with the neon. And I think often a frustration for people taking photos is they can't capture on camera what they can see like like you can never do it justice but when you have a style like that i think that you add something to it that maybe isn't there and it kind of in in a roundabout way does make it look as cool as it is to actually be there and like for me someone who i've never been to japan but looking at your work it makes me want to go there right do you think that it, it, there's an element for you where it's about portraying this place in a certain way yeah i think i i kind of see it a little bit differently to to how you know, some most people see it, I guess, and you're right. Like I, I do see something, and then use my computer to to make it look like that. I guess I hope that I don't disappoint people when they get here, and it doesn't look like a, a futuristic, you know, crazy, I don't know, sci-fi city. But <laughs> to me, it actually does. Like there's some new buildings that are going up at the moment around Shibuya that um, look like a spaceship, basically inside. And I, that's yeah, generally how I see the city is like that that futuristic look and i just add a few extra effects some you know holograms and things like that just to give it a bit more expression but that's yeah basically how i do see it so that's cool i mean it feels like japan has become kind of the mecca for nerds like us to kind of one day go there and experience a a culture that is kind of the the birthplace of a lot of very popular entertainment whether it's anime or video games or Mm. whatever it might be so being over there do you feel like uh, you're able to, I guess, live out those fantasies of, of a younger self and whether it's rose-tinted glasses or not, capture the romanticism of a, a place like Japan? Yeah, I think it's quite amazing to see. It's so ingrained in culture. Like, when you ride the trains here, there's anime everywhere. They even paint their trains with, like, Hello Kitty and, you know, like, all these different animes and things like this. If you head out to Akihabara there's arcades on every corner with like five stories tall with every game you can think of and people are in there like playing at a level that you can't even imagine it's a real thing like it's it's actually how it is here and once you get to see it and experience it it's it's something really special and i think that's sort of the first thing that draws most people to japan is that actual uh, how full-on it is here for all gaming and and anime and things like that so it's a pretty crazy place here okay and you mentioned kind of getting there and looking for work that you could do. It sounds like you've kind of found your niche over there. So can you tell me a bit about the design work that you're doing and uh, how that goes for you? Yeah, um, I'm, I'm pretty lucky actually. Uh, in Australia, I was working as a UX designer, which can transfer well in any any country really. And currently in Japan, there's a sort of a bit of a startup boom. Um, a lot of entrepreneurs are sort of going out on their own, raising money. Um, trying to disrupt the market and things like that. So I was pretty lucky to arrive when there's a lot of money being thrown around for these startups to, you know, build better products and things like that. Um, so I just was able to find a job pretty easily 
um, and even not speaking Japanese, which is usually unheard of. Because when I arrived, I didn't speak much Japanese at all, which made it a little bit trickier. But um, I got really lucky to to be just in the right place at the right time. I think with that. Yeah. Right. So, do you find that there's a, a crossover between your ability to design well for them and the photography you do? Like whether it's having an eye for what works or what doesn't. Like how do you find those two things interconnect or not? Um, yeah, it's interesting. I guess like obviously having a creative job lends itself quite well to you know having a creative hobby. But I do find that my design work is probably a little bit more logical i guess where it's it's based on behavioral sciences and things like that to to figure out what people like and how people use applications Um, and i see the photography thing as a bit of a an outlet for getting a bit more creative and and making things that are a bit more surreal perhaps and you know like i can do whatever i want with it i don't have to follow the rules or make anyone else happy essentially um which is a nice outlet to be able to just you know do whatever I want and, and create the things that I want to make. So it's there is an overlapping, but um, I'd say that the photography thing is more of a creative outlet for me. Sure. It's interesting that you bring up rules because I know like in photography, you have things like the rules of thirds and the way that you compose uh, an image or a portrait or whatever it might be, trying to draw people's eyes to particular mm. points. But is, is that something that is similar in design where you want people's eyes to, to go to certain places or have a potential vibe from the layout of a page is, is it or, or an app? Is it similar in those regards? Absolutely. There's um, everything that you use in an application has been thought about like that. That's the way you can tell a good application is the amount of effort they've put into driving you to do something, um, whether it's achieve a task or you know, feel good about doing something, anything that has an emotional feeling behind it has been thought about when building applications. And that's kind of, yeah, what what I'd say my job is. Um, hmm. That's interesting. So that makes me want to ask from the, you know, the po- very popular apps that we all use, social media and that kind of thing, is there any that you think do it really well and any that you think are just terrible? I'm just curious. Um, it's Yeah, I mean, I, I think... Any of the big apps that you use frequently, the reason they, they are popular is because they do it well. Yeah. The way that, you know, Facebook shows you certain things on your timeline, um, it, it filters your content for you to make you have a certain emotion um, and, and keep you hooked too. They spend a lot of time working out how to make you come back. Instagram's right. very good for that. It's You can just waste hours in there without even thinking about it. And whether that's ethical or not, is a different question but it's good design or like it's very well designed Hmm. Um, yeah so do you look at the updates that they do you know whenever there's some major interface changes and do you think oh i can see why they've done that because it's increasing this thing or that thing yeah exactly um everything they do has a reason behind it right and i definitely try and figure out what those reasons are um i always find it really interesting when for example facebook updates their their um, app or whatever hmm. and everyone goes crazy and complains how bad it is that's been happening then, since the beginning of facebook I think. right like since 2007 then yeah. a month later everyone's like oh yeah, it's all right <laughs> but yeah. and it, it'll most definitely have changed their their impact and, and how people use the app which yeah it, whether you like it or not it'll probably do what it's meant to do yeah it's an interesting concept because like you said i remember way back when facebook was just kind of a new thing and 
people would complain about it and it would happen like maybe once a year. And I'd always tell people like, do you remember what it was like before the previous time that you were complaining about it? You probably have no idea and you would, wouldn't yeah. be able to say what they changed. So clearly, you know, these things are good changes. You just People just don't like having to adjust to something they're not used to. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. That is exactly it. That's cool. So as far as the photography and I guess the design work goes as well, they're both these creative pursuits that you've had. What would you say has been the hardest part of getting to this point where you're able to do these things professionally and to a high degree of skill? I think it's just time, honestly. Uh, I've been doing the design thing for about 15 years now, Mm. I guess, and it was just something, you know, like you can study and read as much as you want about it, but just doing it is the most important thing about it. And it's the same with photography. Looking back at sort of when I started taking the photos, it just slowly gets better and better, right? And if you're proud of the stuff you did at the start, then, you know, you probably haven't improved at all. Um, But yeah, it's that's the hardest bit of it was just spending the time to to get there and, and having those sort of feelings of not doing any better or like not improving. And there's sort of those low, low times where you just, you know, you sort of like, why am I even bothering? It's it's all the same kind of thing. And then after a while, you realize, oh, wait, you know, I'm actually getting pretty good at this now. So as far as uh, the photography and building some kind of following with that, is it a matter of finding something that goes viral for you? Or did you think it was something that built slowly over time? Um, a little bit of both, actually. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like, yeah, at the start, it was sort of like a slow thing. And, and I had you know, started gathering just a few followers, but it wasn't anything, you know, outrageous. Um, but there was one one defining moment, I guess, on Twitter when one of my tweets got some, like, 8,000 retweets or something like that. Yeah. And that was like, I woke up one morning and, and had double the followers, and I was like, oh, all right. <laughs> and that kind of, like, kicked it off, I guess, um, when it felt a bit more serious. Yeah. It, it sounds like from talking to some people who've been able to gain some following that it does often take that kind of baseline effort of coming up with the work for a long period of time like say someone like boss logic who is an amazing designer and artist Mm. he would do these things that would go viral and sometimes intentionally and sometimes maybe not but i think that every time he, he did something that took off it would build and build and build and um if he was just doing those posts and nothing in between, then I guess people wouldn't be able to, you know, go back and see that this person's got a portfolio worth keeping an eye on. So I think that consistency is probably really important as well as the big moments that catch people's attention. Yeah, I I definitely think it comes in waves um, and you've just got to keep doing it in between as well um, in the quiet times and, and not expect it to be, you know, crazy all the time. And it's probably something, like you mentioned before, you were going out most nights and taking photos, was it? Yeah, um, for a while there, I was, I was really pushing hard to, to get out and explore more, um, and trying to get, you know, at least three or four times a week if I could, plus any other social life stuff I had going on. So it was like every night I'd, I'd have something on, um, any spare nights I'd go out shooting. Yeah, and um, I guess something unique about some of your photos is that a lot of them are taken at night and that's probably something that most people would go out on like a perfect day and try and find the right places to photograph but you might go out and 
it's cloudy so it's not the right day to take that photo or it's you might go out and the sun's in the wrong place but i guess you don't have to deal with that issue when it's dark so much yeah yeah not so much um i mean i've, I've slowly been taking more day photos and that's mm. definitely the biggest problem is the weather right like yeah they just don't look as good if it's a cloudy day or unless that's the vibe you're looking for right but yeah. at night um yeah i mean the conditions are generally the same the only thing that does make a big difference is rain um and that's something that i actively look for if it starts raining i, I try and get out and shoot because okay. it just looks amazing when everything's like reflecting off each other and the, yeah. the streets you know the neons on the street just looks incredible um so the more rain the better <laughs> yeah that's cool i was gonna say most people would get out of the rain but that's yeah. interesting you go out at night and in the rain Perfect. yeah i've got a, i've got a full setup for my camera and everything so like get the raincoat out and wrap the camera up in a bag and and get out shooting it's good sweet very cool okay so what would be your advice to people who want to maybe get their photography across some more eyes or uh maybe just build up a bit of a following to the point that they can maybe launch a patreon and uh, make it a bit more of a career yeah sure um i guess as i said before just just spend the time and, and get the portfolio up and just really you know work on honing your craft and, and getting the really good shots and then if you just keep sharing constantly and consistently um it will slowly pick up and yeah just make like don't be scared to to share on different platforms and things like that get it out as like obviously on instagram and twitter and things like that but even tumblr and other places like that um are really great places to for people to share your artwork um so definitely don't discount any other platforms the more people who see it um, the better. Yeah. And is there a point where you need to monetize it to, to make the hobby more than that? Because I know you've got like, obviously, uh, artworks for sale. You've got merchandise, t-shirts, hoodies, and that kind of thing with some of your photos. So is that a big part of it too? Is, is finding a way to make it more than just a hobby? Um, I think it's different for everyone. For me, I'd, I'd like a bit more money to spend on new projects, like trying to create something bigger and better um, and obviously it just costs money and, and obviously there's there's costs in equipment and things like that buying better equipment um, and it's just more about for me it's just about covering a few of those costs uh, because otherwise it's a bit of a black hole to pour money into yeah. um, if you're not getting anything back out of it so um, and obviously you know I've still got all my other you know rent and all those sort of things to take care of so yeah it's more just about having a few extra dollars around to to mm. try something new and make better stuff basically sure i guess uh it's a expensive hobby as well yeah absolutely um but yeah i've been hopefully buying some new lenses soon and it's sort of looking up for about two grand a lens kind of thing mm. so it's definitely not cheap no doubt okay so last question for you alex if you could do anything and know that you wouldn't fail what would you do <laughs> um that's a tough question i i have no idea sorry i I try and do everything that I can think of, yeah. <laughs> whether I'm going to fail or not. <laughs> yeah. There's, have you got a dream project that you'd love to work on, whether it's photography, design, anything like that? Um, my current one is, is probably doing like a Kickstarter um, for like photography book. Hmm. It's probably the next big challenge that I want to take on um, and, and put a fair bit of effort behind. Um, so I'm just sort of, penning out the the project 
And yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely going to be scary, and there's a good chance that it'll fail. But it's something that I've always wanted to do. So um, hopefully, I'll be able to get that together in the next year or so. Yeah, that's sweet. I mean, you, it looks like you've set yourself up for that to succeed, as far as building a following and having some committed followers through the, the Patreon and that kind of thing. So I mean, it, it doesn't sound crazy to me. I, I think that you should do pretty well as long as you can market it the right way, which doesn't seem to be an issue in the past for you. Yeah, cheers. Um, it does. It it's probably the first time it's actually felt like it, it might be a good time to, to explore something like this. Um, even though I've wanted to do it for a long time, it's starting to feel like it, it, it's probably got a, a potential chance to work. So hmm. yeah, it's kind of exciting. Yeah. I think, like I said before, with the amount of interest that Westerners have in Japan and the, the whole sci-fi vibes, I think that you could definitely put a really cool spin on that and see it do well. So hopefully you can see that happening soon. Yeah. Fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, thanks for coming on the show. It's been really cool to kind of hear about how that's all come together and uh, get to chat. So thanks, Alex. Yeah, cheers for having me. Thank you for listening and thanks to Audio Technica. You can catch Alex on Twitter at AGK Design. All of his awesome photos are on Instagram at AGK42. And of course, you can support this podcast by leaving an iTunes rating and review to get the word out there or by supporting the 8-Bit Patreon over at patreon.com slash weare8bit. That's A-T-E-B-I-T. Doing so will get you all kinds of goodies from as little as $1 a month including fortnightly early access to our conversational 8-bit cast. Of course, you can follow me on Twitter at Jono himself. And until next week, keep putting in work.